This is the Press Conference Podcast. Mixtape 13. Can you believe it, Phil? 13. 13. The big old 1-3. Lucky for us. <laughs> Lucky for us, we've got a really, really great guest on this week. Um, or two guests. As two guests, see, one band. One band. Um, <laughs> this was a absolutely ripping chat. Uh, can't wait for everyone to hear it. The songs are great. The thoughts are great. And... Um, yeah, I, just, I can't say any more. Honestly, this was, uh, I mean, every time we do these, I have more and more fun. Yep. Uh, I think, I don't know if it's we're getting better or not. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's a, it's, still, it's still up for decision. But I just think like we're just having, I mean, we are probably are getting better at it. I think we're asking better questions. We're having good convo. And I think it really helps when you have an as amazing guess as uh, what we had today. Yeah. So... I guess uh, this band, as you would tell by the episode uh, header, one that we've been gassing up for the last year. Uh, I think we I figured out before this, 2nd of September last year was when I first saw them. Uh, I think they are the best band in Sydney, as I said in a podcast a few weeks ago. I honestly think they're that good. And I think as you go through, you hear this chat, you hear about the mixtape that they've brought along. Um, I think you, you might start to agree as well because these boys just see music in such a, a a pure way that I think you can hear that come out in their songs um, as their band. So uh, thanks, Harry and Josh, for coming on the pod from Fighting Better Health. Let's uh, cue the smash. All right. So we're here with uh, Harry and Josh from Fighting Better Health. How are you going, boys? Good. Thank Can't complain, man. Good. Yeah, we're all right. We're living. That's good. That's me. Um, uh, how's your day been? Uh, chucked a city from work. Yeah, about yeah, the too. same. It's my day off, so just yeah. a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, heaps yeah, of laying around. Yeah. Um, Dream. That's what you've done as well, isn't it, Phil? Yeah, I've been a bit crooked this week, but feeling a bit better now, so I should be back at it tomorrow. So hopefully uh, my boss isn't listening to this. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. Well, we've been following you guys closely for probably the last year and um, really excited with uh, with the music you guys have been putting out and and all that kind of stuff, especially the latest track. I think Phil and I just kind of texted back and forth about the latest one, but uh, we'll get to, to the songs a little bit later. But how did you guys get into music and, and start the band? Oh, man. Um, well, first of all, cheers. That's fucking awesome that anyone's listening. Not many yeah. people do, which is dope. Um, I don't, that's kind of separate. So I started playing guitar when I was like 13 with another guy in the band, Jim, and then another guy who's still in the band, Riley. So they're the other two guitarists who are heaps better than I am. And we've sort of been playing together since then, doing just a bunch of different shit. Um, and then, you know, had a whole heap of different drummers. And then when this project started, Josh hopped on board, um, we all sort of were listening to heaps of that, you know, like 80s hardcore punk Fuck. when we were kids. Um, and then sort of through that, we found all that sort of run for cover 2014 era shit, which became everything to us. Um, I'm not sure about Josh, but... Yeah, my my journey into music's a little more different just because... Um, like I, I didn't move to Sydney until I was 15, 16. And so um, 
my family situation, my music just wasn't a very big thing. So I wasn't really ever listening to my own music. I wasn't going on the same sort of journey around like 14, 15 that the rest of the band was, it felt like. Um, so it was more of a case of moving to 15 and Riley, especially because we were friends early on, just Riley showing me just band after band, song after song. Sort of, um, I started off with like a lot of pop punk. Like I, I still really like Blink and, and some and Charlotte and bands like that. Um, yeah, nice. And then Riley started showing me just heavier and heavier music. Um, Being as an Ocean was a huge, like really my first ever like heavy band that I ever enjoyed. Um, and then, yeah, I, we all went to the same school and then once, um, once I'd graduated a year after everyone else, it all just sort of fell together. I came in for a, like a sort of rehearsal meet type thing. And then, yeah. And you were such a wuss about it too. <laughs> cause he thought we were all so cool cause he was a year above us. So he's walked in deer in the headlights, just shitting it. Very scary. Um, uh, well, yeah. It was fun. I mean, it was so sick. How long have you been playing drums for then? Um, oh, for a long, long time. I've, I've played drums since I was a little kid. I started taking it seriously in high school, like once I moved to Sydney properly. Mm. Um, but it's always been my thing. It's always been what I've enjoyed. Yeah. Because I, I, I have been being the ass. So I saw you guys for the first time about a year ago at the Metro. Um and I think, like, I was pretty stoked with, I, I remember texting Dave on the night being like, fuck, I've never heard of this band before. They're pretty sick. But then seeing you guys last week with Alira, especially watching you on drums, you kind of blew me away because I haven't seen, I think, a drummer. I don't want to gas you up too much. <laughs> like, we've, we've just started talking. But, um, yeah, I was just curious to know how long you've been playing drums because that was uh, it was pretty fucking good, <laughs> for being honest. And I was <laughs> like, really how long have you been playing drums for? Because, yeah, it was... Um, yeah, it was wild. I mean, shit, you can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I thank am. you. That it, it's, um, you were sort of the missing piece. Yeah, a little and, bit. And it's nice that I think the same goes for everyone in the band. Where, well, I, I'll, I'll speak just for me and Harry particularly. Where, like, playing drums in a band and singing and playing guitar and writing songs in a band is like all that we've ever wanted to do. And so it's like, it's easy to um, like take a lot of years and work and practice and getting better as a band when it's kind of the only thing you want to do. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, especially in the genre that we're in, maybe we'd find more success if we played yeah. different music. But <laughs> the music that we play is the music that we fuck with. Yeah. So we always sort of just try to, to write shit that would make us hard you know yeah. um, <laughs> which is way more fun than sort of just writing hits Whatever. you know yeah. yeah just just churning stuff out we really try and make it yeah it becomes um, work when you do that doesn't it totally i mean it, it's still sometimes work like um <laughs> we all care about the music to a point that sometimes it it turns into a bit of a pissing contests mm. we can get pretty mad at each other um mm. but not in any sort of real way just in a way that we all give a fuck really hard about the same thing which in a sense makes all that stuff worth it because it's it's really rewarding you know 
Yeah, for sure. I think we've we've had a few conversations with a few of the bands that have come on. I guess what's a writing process like for you guys? Like I know some other bands, like a few people write a lot of the content and then the other boys will kind of learn it. Do you guys all write together or? Um, so for most of the time it's been, I'll write a song usually on an acoustic guitar, probably because I can't be bothered to plug in an amp and, and yeah. write properly. <laughs> so pretty much everything you've heard up to this point has started with me playing an acoustic guitar, which I haven't probably changed the strings in years. Um, and then that sort of gets taken as like an embryonic song. Usually it's just sort of my rhythm guitar part and vocals. Um, sometimes I'll add lead parts here and there. Um, and then we sort of jam on it as a band. Um, everyone else sort of does their thing with it. So it gets pretty collaborative. Um, more recently it's been, more of a, a jamming thing, which has been cool. Yeah. There's um, al- yeah. I, there's always been sort of two main ways that songs come about, and that's mostly from, like, just Harry with an acoustic or someone will bring any kind of, um, you know, like a lead line or a chord set or a drum break or whatnot, and then we'll just play it over and over until something sticks. Um, but, yeah, it's makes with the five songs that we have out at the moment they were all bar maybe one like just written by harry vocals and chords and then brought to the band sort of like as a whole thing ready to go and all i got to do is just lay drums on it and it's Add over. cool drum bits yeah um which always makes the song way better um it can be tough to sometimes i get a little bit of an ego about making it a more collaborative thing like i still don't think i'd as awful as it sounds, I still don't think I'd want people touching my lyrics mm. um, or vocal melodies, mm. um, which I guess is the same as you wouldn't want me coming yeah, in saying like, oh, this, this drum part would be cool. <laughs> um, we still all sort of tend to stay in our own lane. I will we'll collaborate over things. We'll say maybe like that drum part could go there, but in terms of writing each other's parts, it just doesn't really happen very often. I'm pretty lucky that we've got... Um, like a fucking classically trained drummer and you know everyone seems to be pretty awesome at what they do so we find it's easiest to just sort of let everyone do that what they want to do um and the more we sort of fuck with that the longer it takes because it always ends up being yeah you know our first instincts being the best one yeah crazy well i mean I know Dave and I, like, we, we, we like what you're doing, so <laughs> we yeah. probably say no change, but, like, well, like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like you guys have good, like, uh, like almost conflict resolution skills as well, so you can kind of have it out and, like, have good confidence in each other's opinions as well, so you kind of believe in yourselves as a band to be able yeah. to bring these ideas, move them around, and, and kind of produce a, a really good finished product. Thanks, man. I mean, it, it never really gets super real. No, it's never like it's never at a point where you know, like the band or our friendship is ever in jeopardy or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's. I, I think it just shows, like Harry said, how much we all care, and the fact that I'm not really happy just sitting back and being like, "Yeah, I'll play whatever you want," and no one else in the band is either. You know, there's at different times. You know, there's different people that are motivating the others and. There's people pushing harder than others at different, like, you know, depending on when it is, but it helps yeah. that 
all of us like care so much and want so badly for it to happen that we'll go through all that, you know. Yeah, the hard part is to... when we're all just sort of constantly fucking each other. Yeah. Like Fleetwood Mac, you know. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's tricky, man. <laughs> try to keep the personal stuff aside. And, exactly. You know. No, I'm writing songs about Josh, you know. He's it's writing tricky. songs about me. oh fuck that's good um i think we wanted to like one thing i was curious about and dave and i were talking about so i I found you guys last september at that show then went on to spotify seeing you had the one song out single serving friends which came out i think the year before yeah yeah long um i was just keen to know because obviously dave and i were not really musically gifted in any in any means so um, I guess what's that like? So you release a song and then what was that year like for you guys? Cause I felt like since I kind of saw you guys live, you guys have released a few more tracks, played a few more shows. Yeah. What, what's kind of the life cycle of the band being like, when did you get together to when the song came out to through to now? Yeah. Um, we've got so many more songs and we've got out. Um, I think the sad part, and I, we can only sort of speak to Sydney because yeah. that's where we're from. But the sad part is that we just want to be playing live 24-7. Mm. Um, like, we're always sitting here saying, like, man, if we just lived in the States, we could just hop in a van and hit mm. every single fucking state and make no money and be super happy. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the state of the music scene, especially for bands like us, used to be pretty cool, small but cool, when we were coming up, when we were kids, that is. Um, but sort of you you go through, uh, lockdowns, you go through all the lockout laws, all that shit. Um, and it's killed a lot of really cool places. Um, and then you add into that pokies. I mean, I can't even speak to what it is, but, um, yeah, we definitely would love to be playing more, but there's Mm. sort of just a dearth of a bit of a scene for us to fit in. That's why you see us on like heavier bills. Mm. Um, I like the Burdekin the other week. That's, we sort of stuck out a little bit um, just because we're not really as heavy as some of those bands. And then you'll see us playing with sort of indie rock bands. Um, so yeah, it, it's sort of tough going. I mean, yeah, we always just want to be playing live. Um, we're sort of less interested in sort of just putting out music and doing the whole fucking social media thing. All the bands we love from Sydney were bands that we just used to go and see at small venues and pay 10 bucks a head to get in. Um, But you don't really see that as much anymore. So many of the cool venues that allowed there to be sort of that life cycle for a band of either stop putting on shows or cease to exist. Um, Yeah, I don't know. In in terms of single serving friends, that one, um, what we released in 2021. It was in lockdown, yeah. Yeah. We properly came together like under a new name in probably 2020, I would say. End of 2020. End of 2020. Um, And then so like we wanted it to be like a fresh new name, new photos, you know, new sort of um, outlook. Mm. Um, And then we wanted to have, you know, this this new single to go along with it. Um, We worked with... Clayton Segalov and Angie Watson at the Brand Studios for the first time. his name? I hope Segalov. Segalov? Segalov? Damn. <laughs> we worked with Clayton and Angie. We worked with Clay, at, yeah. At Brand Studios for the first time. 
which was just insane, especially that first time around. He's the man. He's so good at what he does. So so she. She They're both, yeah, brilliant. And so, um, yeah, we sort of, I think we we didn't realize how long everything was going to take doing it ourselves um, in terms of the release. Mm. So it took probably almost a full year Mm. from recording Single Serving Friends to putting it out just for things that, you know, we weren't just putting out a song, but we were like debuting a whole project. Whole project. So, you know, getting the whole, you know, little things like Instagrams and websites and link trees and whatever. All that bullshit. All all the bullshit you have to do. Yeah. But then also just trying to form like an image and a sound and it all just took forever. Yeah. And we've been speeding, we're getting faster and faster. Yeah. The, the gaps between releases is fewer, which is good. I mean, we had to get heaps of plastic surgery done. Yeah. You know, facelifts, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, a record label actually paid for it all. Yeah, and then they dropped us, you know. <laughs> no, nah, it, took, it took fucking forever. Ages. But we're, yeah, we're, I mean, working full time, sort of bumming it around. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot easier to do it when you've got the time to do it. Sometimes we just don't have the time, which sucks. But yeah, we're getting our shit together a bit more with it, which is cool. I mean, I we could probably, you. Dave, like we, we can feel you. Like, we, we work full time. We just do a podcast, right? And it's been two and a, two and a bit years. And I think we're still, like, we're only really just finding our feet, I think, in the last yeah. few months. So yeah, we're, I mean, that's just a podcast, let alone a fully fledged band with playing shows. We need actual talent and, to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so then I guess like the last year, how have you found it? I mean, playing a few more shows, more music's come out. How, how are you finding this part of being a band compared to like, I guess when you, when you launched? Um, it doesn't feel heat. Like we're playing more shows, which is great. It's happening. And you know, the numbers are not even rising more, just there is people there listening to the music and coming to shows. Yeah. There's, we aren't close personal friends. Yeah. There's been... <laughs> We played the headline show for the Calypso launch. That was cool. Um, we had a whole heap of people coming up to us saying they just stumbled across us on Instagram and bought tickets to the show. Um, nice. And actually seemed, it was weird. Uh, there was one dude that came up to me and he was like, oh man, I don't want to bother you. Like, uh, I just think your music's fucking sick, yada, yada, yada. And it was so weird because like, <laughs> yeah. who the fuck am I? I'm not ca- I'm yeah. not uh, <laughs> Matty Healy. You know, like, yeah, of course I've got time. Tell me how much you love me, please. (laughs) It wasn't Um, Phil, was it? No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that was fucking awesome. There's little things like that that make us sort of uh, feel good about how we're going. And it makes the rest of our lives easy, like nicer. Yeah. Because, you know, me and Harry have been working... Job, jobs we aren't the biggest fans of basically <laughs> since we started the band um, because we really want to give 100% into the band, not really into anything else. Um, so I think the more shows we play, the more we get to record, the happier I am when we're not doing yeah. band stuff. It like makes normal life easier. And that's not to say that like it's it's going to be sort of the better we do as a band, the no. happier we are because we're sort of pretty realistic about the fact that oh, yeah. we're not 
we're not planning on being a fucking like some of the bands that are the most important bands to us tiny are tiny as like we sit here thinking touche amore are one of the biggest bands on the planet and then we look mm. them up and they got 170,000 monthly listeners, which is massive. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah. But like that band should have millions. Um, and even yeah. a band like Oslo, who oh, are the best thing to ever come out of Sydney and mean so much to us, like tiny as band. So it's not really, we're not looking at numbers being like, no, it's more about how, how much I get to do, how often I get to record yeah. and play and, mm-hmm. You know, the longer we do this and the better we get and the bigger we get, the more I get to play drums. Totally. Yeah. That touche comment, like Phil and I say it all the time. time. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Jeremy himself doesn't understand it either. So, oh, it's a a weird thing about music, isn't it? They just Mm -hmm. need like a TikTok song or something and they'll be huge. Fully. I mean, saw what happened with Pine Grove, who were bigger, but like... Mm. That random song of theirs from, uh, what was it, Need To or something? It was it Need To, yeah. Yeah, and all of a sudden they're like in Rolling Stone and like mm. everyone's talking about them. There's a full TikTok trend. It's like, fuck, man, they've been good yeah, they've for, been so, good for long. so long. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess people aren't sort of always on the lookout for awesome music, which is fine, but um, I don't know. I guess you find that we're living in a pretty privileged time where you can find the fucking best band that will be your entire mm. fucking life. And it could be some random band that no one else fucking knows. Um, and I always think that if more people just went out looking for it, mm. then they'd be blown away and all these bands would get their dues. But at the same time, I don't think everyone looks to music that way. I think for a lot of people, music is something to just throw on, which is awesome and so mm. valid. Um, but it doesn't necessarily beget that sort of success for a band that's doing something a little less palatable, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Music's a comfort thing for people as well. So they will chuck on what they know. Like, this is like TV. People put the Simpsons on or something like yeah. that before watching something new. 100%. But, and that's not, again, like that's, there's so many fucking awesome mainstream pop acts that yeah. that music nerds would be like, oh, this is just productive and uh, plebeian. But it's like, man, I fucking love Carly Rae Jackson. We were, we were bumping Katy Perry the other night and Reese Masson, like that shit's awesome. Um, it sounds like convo Dave and I have quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking froth pop music. <laughs> yeah, fully. We, we love to, um, yeah. uh, we love to occasionally alter our mental state a little and just like, go like pop song for pop song and just like yeah, that's it. nerd out over them. It's yeah. It's fucking awesome. I don't know. I've lost my train of thought now. But <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> I think, I think, I mean, I love what you're saying about, you know, maybe people aren't looking for music because I mean, I'm sure you, you saw on that episode the other week. Um, and I probably like nearly every other week, Dave hears me complain about, like, I don't understand this local scene in Sydney. People oh, aren't doing as many shows. Like, cause I grew up in Melbourne, moved up two and a half years ago. Uh, and it's just so different, and I have no idea we, uh, why. Do, do you want us? Uh, we can finish. We can. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll take over the podcast here. Yeah, like yeah, fuck, man. Even in Newcastle, even we, so, we played a show in Newcastle the night um, after the Alira show. The night after the Alira show, and we Sunday were night, raining bills. Sunday night, raining in a city we've never played in before. Um, like we didn't 
bring anyone. We didn't know anyone who was going. And it was a full room. Packed room. Great. And like, that's, that's the fucking thing that the, there used to be such a good grassroots scene for music once upon a time. Like what, the, what, what really got me into music and made me want to be in a band is pretty much every Friday night when I was probably about 15, 16, 17, um, Beat Disc Records and Parramatta would put on band nights and it cost you 10 bucks to get in. Um, and there were so many fucking good bands to discover there. Um, and Blackwire Records as well was doing awesome shit. There was, um, what was that place? 96 Tears. It's just a rehearsal studio now, but they used to put on really fucking awesome shows there. And there was mm. just sort of a scene around it all. And people yeah. were coming out to shows and people wanted to see their favorite bands. And, um, I mean, that's where we found Oslo. And uh, Oslo played a show at the Peter Shambolo. Was it last year or this year? Last year, maybe. All started. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I was in Brisbane and I saw they'd announced it. At, um, oh, sorry, Adelaide. <laughs> I saw they'd announced it and I, like, changed my flight back. Um, me and Jens went to the show. And there were probably, like, 30, 40 people there. But... Those 30, 40 people were so many people that I sort of just knew by sight or by name mm. from from a few years ago. And everyone was just fucking hyped yeah. and screaming the yeah, lyrics. Everywhere. And it's like, I don't know, that we just don't have that anymore. Like, And people are trying. But um, the first I work at a guitar store. The first thing I say to anyone who's sort of that age when they come in to buy a guitar is you go to see shows. And they're just like, no, like, where would I? And I've like said the same thing that yeah, I've said the same thing to Dave. Like I remember growing up, youth center shows every weekend there'd be some playing Battle of the Bands or something. Whereas yeah. I don't hear anything like that up here and I don't get it. I get it's a bigger place, kind of literally size wise. But it didn't used to be in terms yeah. of the scene. It didn't used to be that way. And I there's a probably a billion different reasons you could come up with to sort of explain that. But yeah, I don't know. It, it could be a cultural shift. It could be the fact that the, the spaces just aren't there. Um, I could not tell you what it is, but and at the risk of sounding like a dickhead, there's <laughs> um, there's even even the sort of scenes that are happening in Sydney are just dog shit music. They're just fucking trash. <laughs> like with uh, the exception of the hardcore thing going on, which is really fucking cool. The hardcore thing in Sydney is is yeah. wild compared to and Melbourne. Like, I it's think. a sign of life. Like, it's fucking awesome. But like, all of this fucking, all of these, oh, dude, like, it's this <laughs> weird, bland sight. I don't know. It's trash. Like, I'll call it what it is. It's trash, and it's yeah. not. It's not. I don't know. It's not a scene. It's a. Oh, I don't know. I could. Yeah. I don't want to sound like an asshole. I'm stoked for people to do what they want. Um, but it just, it, it amazes me that there's so many awesome bands in Sydney um, yeah. and people don't come out to see them. When bands from other states come to play, people don't come out to see them. Um, yet you look and the fucking Ivy's fall every night. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, like 40 years ago, those people were in the fucking pubs in Sydney, which would have been awesome to see. But yeah, I guess the culture's just shifted. Um and yeah, man, it's just really sad. It's, it yeah. sucks. I mean, I, yeah, I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head. And I mean, I go, 
I mean, like a few shows I've been to recently, definitely in the more heavier side, but like I was at La Dispute on the weekend and I went to the Peace of Vale and Bear 2 show yeah. and they're packed, right? They're packed with people that no yeah. doubt would listen to these bands, right? Yeah. But they're just not looking for it. I don't, I don't get it, but I think especially, it's yeah. Especially a band like La Dispute because a band like La Dispute came up that way. Yeah. And when they were like people, we were discovering them through like Tumblr. Yeah. 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 Like they were a fuck their first Australian tour, they were playing these fucking tiny places. And I just I don't know. I yeah, it's just weird to me that there's so many awesome bands out there that like you know, for someone who's a massive fan of La Dispute, there's there's bands out there that could be equally as big to them, equally as important. And they're shows that they could go see with twenty other people, you know? Mm. I don't know. It's La Dispute aren't even that big really. They're no they're they've their biggest headlining show is is Sunday night in Melbourne, which is wild when they said that. I could not believe that. Yeah, so like it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that I'm not the only one. <laughs> it's been, every time I complain about it, like mates and stuff are like, "Fucking just get over it." And I'm like, "No, nah, I'm not getting no. over it. This is <laughs> something's going to change." Especially when it when 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 it had when we had that for a little bit, you know. Not the yeah. same, not to the same extent, but like we had, we had a scene for that sort of music and like to sort of have that when you're growing up and then to get a bit older and it's just gone. It's like, fuck, that's yeah. so much worse than if it was never there in the first place. Cause I know yeah. Sydney can sort of do that. Anyway, hopefully we can try to do something about it, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. So Calypso and is it Pauper's Grave? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yes, I got it right. (laughs) They've just come out. They're like kind of very similar songs, but they're different at the same time. Do you guys want to tell us a little bit about about the the background of those two songs? Yeah. I mean, yeah, everything that's coming out at the moment has been locked away. Or not locked away. It's been ready to go for a long, long time. It's just getting enough money to report yeah. it nicely and mm-hmm. put it out essentially. Um, so yeah, both Calypso and Pauper's Grave has have both been really been around since the band, like since six years or, or yeah. less, probably since 2018. Five years yeah. Ago. Even, even like when I joined the band, we had very different, but demos of both Calypso and Pauper's Grave like done. Wow. They've been, they've been sitting around for forever. Um, and we sort of came to a point sometime last year where we sort of decided to um, like try some new things over the old songs and over the old demos. And um, I mean, Pilp- like Calypso, Pulpus stayed the same, but Calypso, the demo was very different to how it ended up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the that's the annoying part. Is like, even if I was in the band at the time, I wouldn't even remember writing these because they've they've been around for so long it's just about getting the money and yeah thinking about the order and what we want to release the stuff that's already written and ready to go i mean i definitely remember writing both of them um (laughs) (laughs) how old would you have been in football 18 maybe for calypso i was trying to play it's over by sea haven um Uh, i couldn't figure it out so i just played that whatever the first chord is um, but yeah, it was a way lamer song. It was like this real, yeah. 
um, loud soft thing. We did this dumb thing in the pre-chorus where we like faked oh, it out. And then we finally went to the town. Um, yeah, which was bad. And as much as I hate to say it, Jim, uh, well now departing guitarist, um, uh, kind of did a shoegazy thing on the chord mm. progression. And that's when we were like, this is fucking cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Pauper's Grave, I mean, it's a pretty simple song. It's just, we added little touches and bits to it. It was one of those songs where I just came up with that descending major scale thing, um, and sang over it. And then the outro chords and vocals and everything. Um, but it used to be in four, four, the end bit. And then Jim was like, why don't we just cut a, cool. a couple of beats? And I was like, that's what a fucking dumb idea. You idiot. That's so stupid. <laughs> and then it turned out to sound better again, which is kind of the story then. Um, but yeah, no, those are both really old songs. Um, yeah. I'm just going to come out and ask you, how many songs are you guys sitting on at the moment? Do you reckon? Oh, fuck. Um, let's see. I mean, a whole factory set list for the Pauper's release was... We're not sitting on anything that's recorded with Claire. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's all been released now, so we're looking to go back in as soon as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, in terms of what we've got that's sort of ready for the band, like in terms of what we could play at a show... There's at least... Like I want to say 20. Yeah, something like that. But then in wow. terms of what's coming up, just... Oh, my God. Hundreds. That's Jesus. all I do. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, people at home could not see how big that list was. <laughs> that, that was very long. But, yeah, the, the stuff that we've been playing at shows is all, like, just waiting for money yeah. to yeah, record wow. them. Yeah. Like, we would have 20 songs out right now if someone else... Was paying for cover records, yeah. I guess up resist, even please. <laughs> Anyone <laughs> pay for it? Oh, that's crazy. Well, damn. Well, hopefully, yeah. I mean, I've heard a few because I think even you set last week, and I'm hopefully, hopefully, you set this Friday. Um, plenty of songs that aren't, aren't released yet. I think you did at the yeah. show, yeah. There'll, there'll be a couple in there, yeah. We did, we played, yeah. There's a few that have sort of been in the set list for a while, mm. yeah, that we haven't necessarily what we have recorded or anything um, but yeah, yeah you always hear new shit we get pretty bored of playing yeah. like w- once the song's out which is when it's new to the 10 people who are constantly listening to us um <laughs> they're like oh man new song's sick and it's like fuck i'm so over it that's right <laughs> especially single serving friends sometimes we listen to it and we're like oh damn that's actually kind of a cool song yeah just because we just fucking played it and heard it and yeah yeah Sweet. Well, I mean, Dave, I, I don't have any questions. Do you want to get to the mixtape? Yeah. Yeah. So, so thank you very much for bringing us these five tracks that, that essentially, you know, we put out to bands, five songs that influenced you guys. Uh, was it hard picking these five? Pretty quick. No, honestly. Yeah, it was really easy. Yeah. We um, wear okay. our influences on our sleeves yeah. a bit sometimes. So, And there was definitely like two or three of the songs that as soon as you asked us to bring five songs, we both probably sort of thought yeah. of the same yeah nice. as soon yeah, as what made it harder was thinking of five yeah because just every Narrowing so it many songs that we care about to an unhealthy extent yeah, yeah those are you guys really are, you, 
are you guys as a band, um, like, do you guys, are you guys just sharing music all the time and listening to the same stuff or do you guys all kind of listen to separately different things or kind of what's that like? We don't really share music that often as a, throughout yeah. the band. It's interesting for me personally, obviously like not listening to my own music growing up, everything I listen to has been given to me by either Harry or Jim or Riley, um, nice. but mostly Harry. Um, so it's like, that's cool. You take a shower and I'll be like, I'll answer you that one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, for me, everything that I listen to has been shared with me. I didn't have that like period of growing up and discovering music. Yeah. Um, well, as I think for everyone else, since they already went through all that together, we all just like the same shit for the most part. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, our basis, Matt, is way more of like a, yeah, like a, like a music head. Like he's into a bunch of weird shit, which we all think sounds scary and complicated and we don't like it. Um, <laughs> uh, but he like, he, yeah, he still fucks with our music, I guess, but he sort of has to be shown it cause it's just not his thing. But, um, mm. in terms of influences and everything, I feel like me and Riley, yeah. who's, who plays guitar, um, really bonded as kids over being sort of the only two dudes that were into that style of music. But he was unreasonably cool well before I was in terms of that. Like I remember being in year eight maths and he was like showing me Sea Haven. And I was like, fuck, this sucks. Like I was I was fully in my Eminem phase. Um but he was like, Yeah man, this is cool. Let's found this band on Tumblr. And it probably took me a couple of years to sort of grow up and be like, oh damn, can you show me that one again, Riley? What was that? He's a cool dude, yeah. Um, yeah, we all sort of listen to the same shit. Mm. So the different stuff we listen to sort of filters through and helps it stay a little fresh, which is cool. Yeah, I'd say from the whole playlist, there's a, like from all the songs you guys have out, there's bits of like you can hear the influence as you go through, and it's yeah. really yeah. cool. And I think of a few of them, I was like, this makes so much sense. I don't know why yeah. I put two and two together. <laughs> yeah. Like, We're just an amalgamation of other bands change to the point where you sort of might not be able to pick out each bit, but once you, yeah. once you ruin the magic, it's like, Oh damn, they just ripped yeah. off six bands <laughs> instead of one. <laughs> isn't that, that's most bands anyway, isn't it? Yeah. They'll just take their favorite stuff and then put it all together. At least you guys are original. I know some bands that just straight up copy other bands. Yeah. Well, everyone's got to go through that. First, we copied Nirvana. Then we copied Mets. Then we copied yeah. Black Flag. And yeah, we've just been copying until we realized that we could draw from multiple sources of inspiration rather than just one at a time. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about the first song, uh, Deaf Heaven's Dream House. Yeah. So for me, it really could have been any song off this album to be honest um i think that sort of i heard this album before i ever heard like touche and so it was my first mm. like forgive my like my drummer speak but just like really pretty guitars underneath what can be really like harsh and aggressive vocals mm-hmm. even if what he's saying is really like lovely and poetic yeah being able to like yeah, being able to put that sort of art, sort of like mash it with 
like a completely different form was really cool to me. Yeah. Um, I think that I don't take heaps from that album in terms of like drums. Cause obviously I don't like the last beat a whole lot. Yeah. I don't, I don't have the cardio. <laughs> um, oh, you could have fooled me after that. <laughs> yeah. He was oh, fucking gas, I needed a, I needed a buffer after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just a shame. Like, I wish I'd heard it when it came out, yeah. you know, listening to all this music post its big moment has always been a big regret. I think the, the cool thing about that album and maybe more specifically Dreamhouse, mm. like the song, is that it was sort of everything, at least for me, that I wanted in music without realising I wanted it. Like the shoegazy elements and the loud, soft thing that they do is fucking unreal. Um, his vocals were, it was the first sort of, I think the only black metal or black metal adjacent thing I'd heard before then was mayhem. So the vocals were really new to me and they blew my mind, but then you read along to the lyrics. Um, Mm. and I really came up before I was ever into music from a super young age. I was always into, um, poetry and, and literature, um, and reading along with the lyrics and being like, Oh my God, he's not just singing about like decapitated virgins and shit it was like really sort of kind of high concepts um stuff and it was that's beautiful like at the end of that when he goes i'm dying is it blissful it's like a dream i want a dream that's such a simple line but it's like it's like something fucking jack kerouac could have written it's just so cool and so i think at least for me i don't know about you what's so awesome about that album and this song is that it's so sick on the surface. Um, but then you sort of, the more you listen to it, the more you get into it, the more you dive in, there's so much more going on than just the surface level sort of heavy thing, which so many other bands do, which is probably why that record resonated with an audience that was wider than just a heavy music audience. I think because it's just fucking man. Yeah. I could go on for ages about it, but it's so sick, man. It's so cool. It is one of those albums that, like, it took me a while to, to kind of get because I'd heard Touche yeah. before and, and everyone, you read on forums and stuff and yeah. it was like, you got to listen to Deaf Heaven and it just didn't click with me. Like, it was totally. probably the vocals. It was just a bit yeah. too heavy for me. Yeah. And then, like, getting into Converge and stuff like that more mm-hmm. and then it kind of just clicked with me yeah. one day and I was just like, yeah, this is this is sick. I I get this yeah, thing. I was the same. Like, I think I started with Touche and then got heavier and then I went back and I was like, yeah, this, I get it. And I think this track especially, I mean, it's got everything. I think it's a perfect track to kind of pick one off the album as well. Yeah. Because it does, it does have like, you guys, I mean, you guys spoke through it perfectly. I can't say, I can't add to it, but. No, please <laughs> um, No, but it's got, you know, it's got like the highs and lows. It, it makes you yeah. feel so much. And I think. Well, like you kind of said, Josh, I mean, you probably described it the same way Dave and I do about, you know, the really pretty guitars. Yeah. And I think like the, the whole tone of the song, uh, we talk about, you know, songs have all these technical elements, but at the end of the day, Dave and I don't know all that shit. But <laughs> what we do it know is that, good. you know, songs it it sounds good like. makes you feel something. Yeah. Um, and yeah. It's like an indie rock song that you'd hear at the end of a movie, but just covered under a bunch yeah. of buzz. And like, that's the cool thing about it. It's just, it, it gives you that feeling. Yeah. You know, it could be the end of fucking Goodwill Hunting, and I'd be like, that makes sense. Fuck, I just watched that last week. That's good awesome. movie, hey. Good. Really so good movie. 
Um, and I, can I just can I just say because we've done the whole you know bands bring five songs thing a few times now, and I think I can I can hear like um, like you guys playing guitar. I mean, you guys are tight. You guys must be playing for a long time because you can really feel that that emotion from in this song that I kind of feel from listening to your music as well. So yeah, it's what's really cool about hearing. No, we'll see these songs come through and like what bands pull from. Yeah. And I think this just it makes so much. As soon as I heard it, I was like, how did I not pick that up sooner? Oh man, that's awesome! <laughs> that's it. That makes me feel real good. <laughs> Thanks, man. Well, that's good. Um, well, let's load it up, and then we'll uh, talk through a few more on the other side.
Dreamhouse by Deaf Heaven, we played The Quiet Things That No One Ever Knows by Brand New. Um, I got a bit giddy when I saw this song. Yeah. And then I'm sure Dave did too. Because yeah. we talk about this album like every other week. Okay. Um, talk to us about this one. So like, I feel like it has to be said, which, you know, brand new. Um, Jesse Lacey. Look, it's not a, not condoning anything that he did. Pretty fucked up dude, you know? Yeah. Um, and in terms of like that whole separating the artist from the art thing, um, you know, I experienced it pretty heavily because brand new was, and probably not the best thing to say, but probably still is my favorite band. Um, mm. Just, yeah. Um, it sucks. I, I, and by the way, I just want to say, I don't think that's a bad thing to say. I know I've got friends that have got the tattoo from the yeah. album covers on them. And I think, yeah. I mean, we can talk through cancel culture, like <laughs> for so long, but like, I think it's, yeah, it's from a time, right? I think oh, dude, it's like, it's like it, that, that shit means so much more than just the one person that created it. And I think it yeah. rings true in, and whatever you're, whatever you're doing, like whatever you're listening to. Um, uh, but yeah, like listening to hearing brand new for the first time for me was like hearing the Beatles for the first time. It just had fucking everything I wanted. Um, yeah. And so I can't even remember how I found them or how I got into them. I think it might've just popped up on YouTube one day when I was a kid. Um, mm. But this like it's the it's the hooks, it's the vocal melodies that they just they just hit you right in the guts. The lyrics are fucking awesome. But what I think is the cool thing is that I don't think many bands have more than three good albums in them. Um, after three albums, I usually find that something gets fucked. Um, so their first album is like fine. It's got our special song is on that first record. It is. Um, what's it called? Is it seventy? No, it's not seventy. Seventy times seven. No, it's um uh on the overpass tonight. I bet we last. Um, Do you guys know that one? I'm gonna stay eighteen forever. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> just singing um, it to yeah. <laughs> like so many times, me and Jens have been just hammered. It's like it's like the, maybe the birds are chirping, and we just throw that one on and just like sing it. Um, I have it yeah, behind me, but can't reach it. Yeah, what is it? I think yeah, it's a good pop punk album though. The first one, your yeah. favorite weapons, like it's, a really decent. It's a, yeah, totally Psycho is. But, Psycho Amaretto line. There you go. Yeah. But the cool thing about them is they made like a really fun pop punk record, which is so sort of indicative of maybe where they were at the time. And then they come out with Deja, which is just such a massive leap forward. Like it's yeah. so dark and like. You know, there's like they're bringing in influence from like the Smiths, even like just it's it's something that you wouldn't expect from them after hearing the first album. Absolutely not. And then it sort of like all reached its peak on the Devil and God, which is probably my it should be my favorite album because it's maybe their best. But I find myself coming back to Deja way more because it's got that perfect mix of the songs are really cool. They're all firing on all four cylinders, but there's still that sort of element of like scrappiness and. Um, uh, I was going to say this is like hearing like a combo. This is like hearing the combo that Dave and I've had. Holy, one hundred body experience right now. Yeah, like it's that it's that wearing your heart on your sleeve thing, which I, I guess to me vocally with FBH, I've I've taken so much from. Um, 
because I think there's something to be said sometimes for not being so opaque with your lyrics, just sort of throwing it all out there. Um, yeah. Which I think is a, is a courageous thing to do sometimes, especially when it's so much easier for people to shit on it. But yeah, like that, that's a perfect song. I don't know how much more to say, but it's just fucking perfect. Yeah. Um, and that, the harmony bit in the bridge. Um, it's so sick, man. Yeah. It's interesting for me, sort of like having, like seeing the reverse of like the influence because like joining the band and then being shown this song and then thinking like, oh, this is so like, this is like something we'd write. And it's like, maybe Harry's not that good. You know, like, more just like, I can see the influence. Yeah. You know, like, because I wasn't here when they were all listening to this music. So it's interesting. But yeah, ever since Harry's shown me this, it's, it's just been on repeat for years and years. It's one of those ones that always yeah. comes back and I always scream it whenever it comes on. And the, the rest of that album too, like it's, it's a, in it's hindsight, a, a creepy song, but like <laughs> meme versus Maradona versus Elvis is it's just such a fucking good song. And it's weird because it shows a sort of sense of self-awareness in a dude that was doing some pretty awful stuff. Um, uh, so in hindsight, it's a little bit of a weird listen, but it, I think it, that context kind of makes it more like, oh, what's the word? It's, I don't know. That's just, that's a, yeah, there's no skips on that album. It's um, the lyrics to Calypso uh, was sort of like my take on play Crack the Sky. Like the whole like nautical metaphor thing and ships going yeah. down and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, That's cool. it's, I could, again, we could sit here and talk for fucking ever about brain. Oh, I, I will say, and I know I said it with Deaf Heaven, but I can almost, like, as we're going through this playlist and I can kind of see yeah. where we might go in the next few songs, you can almost feel like a Fighting Better Hell song being, like, made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so cool. Um, and I do just want to say, like, Josh, I wish, I've been, you're kind of like one of the lucky ones that you got to take all this in, like, years later. Yeah. Like, uh, that, that would have been unreal, I reckon. It was a pretty good, like, first year of being in FBH, just being shown every band that would become my favourite. Yeah, you it's know, so cool. Till the end of time, just all, all at once. Yeah. And being introduced to, like, you know, probably my top 10, 15 favourite bands of all time. Oh, we should have put a Frank Rabbit song on this We should have put a Frank Rabbit song on this But, yeah, um having it all sort of like condensed, obviously I, I, it's a shame that I missed the experience of going to shows and, yeah. you know, when I was just, I don't know, listening to Colin Buchanan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, <laughs> yeah. Having it all condensed into one year and getting shown so much cool music in such a short time is pretty awesome. Yeah. Harry, did you get cool. to see brand new at all? Never. And it's one of my fucking, oh dude, like I, so when we went, and we'll talk about it more when we listen to the last song on the list, but um, this year when we saw Phoebe Bridges at Laneway, um, mm. we all went and my girlfriend came and Riley's girlfriend came and we're all like great mates. Um, but we were watching Phoebe Bridges and we all love Phoebe Bridges, but Ash and Katie, who are our girlfriends, I fucking love Phoebe Bridges. So they're sitting there like crying, like having the best time and Riley turned to me and goes, Oh, this is cool though. Cause this is sort of like 
for them, it's like us seeing brand new. Like I'd be a mess. Like, yeah, you know. So I wish. It's from almost twenty years ago. I think they toured with Blink in like two thousand. That would have been so sick. Yeah, never heard of them before, and then like was just absolutely hooked, and like, what the hell is this? And um, went out and bought the CD like the next day. I think. Would that have been Deja era? Yeah, yeah, before Devil and God, hey. Yeah, fuck, that's the best time to see him too. <laughs> oh, man. And then I think we saw Sparta the next time when Blink came out because Travis broke his leg in the bus. So they just yeah. toured again straight after he got better. Yeah. So, yeah, one of the best discoveries, I think. And I spent years, like 10 years, trying to track it down on vinyl for the longest yeah, time. Yeah, right. Because it was so expensive. But, yeah. So expensive. Yeah, easily yeah, in my top so- five albums of all time. Yeah, I mean, I always shift with with that. Like I've, I've got too many favorite records, but that one's always in there without fail. Yeah. Well, I think the next track that you have on the list as well is also a heavy hitter. <clears throat> uh, and the track's an intro- introduction to the album on by the Hotelier. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, like this was also. I mean, like I never would have guessed it. It would have been a song on the on the mixtape, but it kind of made sense as soon as it was out. As soon as I saw it, sorry. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, so um, this was in that same sort of era where, you know, I'd never heard of the Hotelier. And um, I'd just broken up with my first girlfriend. Best fucking time, time to tell the Hotelier. <laughs> best yeah, one of us. One of us. <laughs> and Harry, me and Brit, I'd been in the band for, you know, probably less than a year. Me and Harry were getting close. We lived to it near each other. So mm-hmm. I called Harry and I told him and he came over and um, I think he played me, the, I can't remember what the venue was, but there's a live video of the hell of, of the hotel you're doing that whole um, I'm like no places there album. I think it was the release, like the release show. No, it wasn't. It was it like, a, but yeah, that, but yeah. Or maybe it was, I don't know. But that would do yeah, it, was, it was fresh. It was new, the album when the video was recorded. And um, it's like this, you know, like, 200 cap room everyone like squeezed towards the front the dream. and people are just screaming his their lyrics back at them like yeah. just like like it looked like their like lungs are about to like come out of their mouths like they're all screaming mm. so loud yeah and like to like it was not only the first time i'd listened to that song but the first time i'd ever seen that even in video like just that much energy at a live show i was yeah. like fuck i'm that's the dream, not yeah. playing the stadium. Like no, that's the dream. Just two hundred people. Our dream for sure. You know, and yeah, and then afterwards, I'll be right. Yeah, morning from the hottest part. Yeah, which, which sounds a little bit like the hotel here. Weirdly, it does. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the best time to like. I discovered the hotel here at the same time. Like I'd just been broken up with. Yeah. Like oh fuck that album, man. It's. Sometimes it's a hard listen because of just how much gets caught up in it too. Like your first girlfriend breaks up with you and then you're experiencing all that while hearing right. it. It sort of just gets encoded in the music. Um, yeah. It's hard because we keep saying just a song, but like that whole album has informed so much of what we've done. And again, three good albums. Well, three albums I think they only put out. But yeah. yeah. All good. They're all good. Yeah, right, let's stop there. Well, I think these two albums are just t- heaters, like front to end. Um, yeah, 
I went on like a you're depressed. Oh my god, you're depressed. Fuck. <laughs> Every time we write a song with like a, a similar mm-hmm. progression, I always want to do that vocal melody because it's so good, and I'm so fucked off that they wrote it. <laughs> oh, we did that in Newcastle. In Newcastle, oh, <laughs> we've started yeah over the end of Calypso. Um, we've started going. I call in sick from your funeral. I want. Next time, I think you should do the. Yeah, it'll be fine. I can't even I don't know. Sick. Fuck, man. Now I'm thinking of more, more songs that we could have put on here. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could have said like 15 <laughs> songs. We'll have to, we'll have, to have you back, and you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we just love talking about music. Yeah, man. No, like we, this, we started doing. Oh, yeah, cool. this sitting down here, us just talking for hours about songs we like is just. How we'd probably be doing this if you got yeah yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exactly why David and I started this. We just wanted to talk. We we're talking music on like playing video games and shit. Yeah. And we were like, why don't we just like mic up and just yeah. bring yeah. our friends on? Well. I think I went on like, I went on a huge Midwest emo binge after I listened to this song. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not that um, familiar with them. I've got a mate, Maka Phil, who. Uh, did it. a mixtape. He absolutely loves this album. So, <clears throat> yeah, I went tiny moving parts and, and yeah. all that kind of route yeah. afterwards. And yeah, that album is a is a no skip as well. I yeah, think. fully. I mean, it's what I think's cool about it too is that it's a lot of that Midwest emo, especially the sort of little wave that's going on now, is mm. not really for me. I don't fuck with it heaps. Mm. Like, I think. I love Tiny Moving Parts, don't get me wrong, but, like, a lot of the sort of, like, mum jeans I don't really mess with. Hot Mulligan's not really for me. Um, I love that they take a heap of sort of just, like, second wave emo influence, the Hotelier. Like, the, yeah. you can definitely hear, like, Mineral and the Gloria record. Um, yeah. Even, like, Snowing, all those sorts of bands. Even, like, Sunny Day Real Estate sometimes. All that sort of stuff is kind of, like, our favourite era of yeah. emo. Um, and I love that about them. Like it's got that Midwest thing going on, but it's got yeah. the rawness and the, the well, sort of emotional weight. Yeah. Like Dave, we were talking about the wave the other week and this kind of almost came at the end of that when yeah. we were talking to bands yeah. like about balance and composure could have fit mm-hmm. in that, in that wave and things like that. I feel like the hotelier kind of take a bit from that, but then there's something a bit different. And totally. I feel like a lot of that Midwest emo stuff maybe wouldn't have gotten as big if the hotelier didn't write this record. Um, Fully, this I was mean, kind of like a balance between the two, I reckon. And I think they put it out on Jeff Rickley's label, um, the Thursday guy. At, at least I think so. Because um, there's a, there's like know. a, Capital I think it's uh, defunct uh, now. I think he, he, it was, was it Collect Records or something? I'm Collect sure. Records, yeah. Um, I should uh, know. Uh, whatever it was, like it was, mm. I'll, che- I'll double check. But um, I'm pretty sure it's yeah. Collect Records, yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember cause I watched a documentary, you know, Ben nothing. Mm. Yeah. Um, so they, there was a documentary, I think it was tired of tomorrow, the album that they were doing a thing on. And mm. Jeff Rickley was just talking about how like the hotel you're currently about to release a record. That's just going to save the label. Um, and like, yeah, you, you hear that and, or maybe it's not anyway, I think I've got my facts mixed up, but like, how could you not hear that record? how could you hear that record and not think that it's going to hit? It's just perfect. It hits all the right notes. Yeah. Um, 
And it's cool that it's about something, but also anyone can imprint their own experiences onto it. And so it feels like it belongs to them as well, which is kind of what we're going for as well. Like the listener is more important than whoever wrote it. Yeah. Like it, it's an act of catharsis up until the point you put it out, at which point it's sort of just up to however, however anyone else wants to take it. And it's called the hotelier functions in both ways. Like you can listen yeah. to your deep rest and be like, um, like, like just following along with the story of a friend that's that, that you've lost, um, that the singer's talking about, or you can like you can take so much from it in your own life, and then to hear someone sing and write music with such weight about the thing that you've gone through, it's just mm. sometimes what makes it such a touch point. And I think that's why that record did what it did. And I, I think that's why maybe the next record didn't have that same magic. I think sometimes you only get one one yeah. shot at making something like that and they just fucking couldn't have done Got it. it right. Yeah. Yeah, damn. Well, uh, let's load that one up and then, uh, yeah, a few more heavy hitters actually to, to close it off. But uh, yeah, I'm keen to hear this one.
I searched for a way out Don't we all Existential As recall Turning on All dichotomies And truths that I gave I felt wrong In many ways Dead and healed Just got harder Every day To be still To be
So at the top there, we had the Hotelier, an introduction to the album. And then after that, we have Oslo with Deer in the Works. I was so stoked you guys added this, by the way. because it's time I... to talk about Oslo, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to run to like three hours now. <laughs> All right, Mark's yours. Go ahead. Shit, man. Do you want to go or should I? I mean, a lot of the, like, it's the same sort of story. You know, I, I heard all of Oslo all at once, once they were already done playing, you know, once they were already done releasing. Yeah. Um, and so in that way, for me, it's almost like, it's sad, obviously, missing out on everything, but it's also like, sort of just, it's my special little thing. You know, I get to listen to it and put my own meaning on it and, yeah, I just, I've never heard, man, that album's, I've just never, I can't even put into words how much I love Oslo. I love. More than like, any band on this list for me. Easily. Yeah. Really? And I th- Oh, dude. I think for me, it's also so, so cool and important that they're just another five Sydney guys. Yeah, I love you know, that. You, yeah. Can, you can catch them walking anywhere. And they were also never, they did huge supports and whatnot, yeah. but they were never massive. Yeah. Um, and they, so it's like sort of just a harsh reminder of the music industry where a band can be together for years and make like brilliant music and still just, you know, sort of peter off. Mm. Sort of a reminder of me to keep pushing and keep working for what I want. But man, yeah. the, the fucking the mark that they've they yeah. left on Sydney, like I think they were probably one of my first shows. Like I saw them, at, I would have seen them at Beat Disc in Parramatta, probably well before that this album came out. Maybe can I just say just yeah when you say Beat Disc shows, were they actually yeah. playing in the shop? In yeah, the shop, roll the, so you, the, yeah, what? roll the show. Oh, dude. Um. I used to have a picture oh, true, of, yeah, yeah. of an Oslo show up on. Mm. I can't know where it's gone. Um, but yeah, that was sick. There'd be like forty people in there, and it it would like it'd be sweaty as, and everyone was there sick. because they fucked so hard with the bands. Um, yeah. And we were like, we played there right at the tail end of before they stopped doing shows, which was like maybe one of the coolest shows I've ever played. Um, this is before you, sorry. Yeah. Um, time. But yeah, like Oslo was Oslo and Hannah band that were the sort of two big, big bands from that kind of scene, if you will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Deer in the Works, like uh, we had a song that, that used to sort of just rip it off. Like with that half step, like half step bend thing. We took so much from that band. Um, yeah. And it's just, I don't know, you'd probably be better to speak than me on this, but it's so cool that, like, everyone in that band is so at the top of their fucking game. Yeah. Like, that drummer, oh, I forget man. his name. Sean Jacob, Dylan, and I want to say Matt, anyway. But, yeah, seeing seeing that band for the first time live this year or last year, whenever they did, like, a, a little reunion show, um, mm. it just made me realise that, like, that album's not just good because they're all good, like, writers. But they're all just brilliant musicians. That drummer, he's so, like, relaxed and tight and driving. And I've just never, 
I've never seen live music played like that, where they're all, um, they're all just at the top of their game, like musically, instrumentally, um, which makes a huge difference. You know, songwriting can only get you so far if you can't back it up. Yeah, playing live. Um, Yeah, but they they were they were fucking everything to me, man. Like they were the they are the band. That album's probably. And yeah, again, it's always in my top five. Like, I remember I would I, I used to see him heaps when I was maybe like 15, 16, 17, and I'd always sort of just be hanging on, like always wanted to chat to them. Um, I remember the lead singer put up like a room for rent maybe when I just turned 18 and I just started working full time. I was like, fuck, I want to live with Oslo. <laughs> so I went to check, I went to check the room out. Um, and I was, I wanted to move in. And I think my parents were like, dog, you can't afford this. You're making 500 bucks a week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I always like, I fucking, I would probably really annoyed the shit out of them. Like you talk about simping anytime I'd see any of them around, but man, your band, like, Oh, I want to be like you guys so bad. Like <laughs> they're probably like our age now. And they were probably just sitting there like, oh, okay, sick. Um, but yeah, they, yeah, as I said, it was like one of the first shows I ever saw, and I think it probably changed my entire life. Because it's one thing to be really into music and to see bands, um, like from America or like you know, I, mm. before that I was super into Nirvana, which fucking everyone is. Um, and it's one thing to see that, but it's another thing to like pop down to a record store on a Friday night and see the band, like a yeah. fucking light bulb moment, and that. All of those songs were coming out at the time when I was hitting all of those milestones. I probably, like, they were probably playing the first, second, and third time I had sex. Yeah. Like, like, you know? Like, the first time I... Like, the first time... I was probably sitting there like, fuck, that was a sick bit. Like, (laughs) um, uh, but yeah, like, not only that, it was like, you know, the first time falling in love. Like, all of those like teen movie moments like Oslo was the soundtrack for that. And they, it's fucking criminal. It's, it's If they were from America, they would be so much bigger. And I I don't know what, maybe they just didn't want to be, but yeah, like everyone sort of playing our kind of music that we speak to. Like it's one of those things, probably like how the velvet underground was for bands back in the day where it's like at the time, no one knew the fuck they were. But every yeah. every band was like the fucking Velvet Underground. Also, it was like yeah. your favorite Aussie band's favorite band. Yeah, and there's so much like fuck, man. Um, you think about the all the bands like Slowly Slowly, D Seattle, and all those guys. Um, like Oslo's way better than all of them. They mm-hmm. those guys just and I like their music. They make dumber music. Like Oslo make. Oh fuck. I don't know. But they should have been as big as those bands is what I'm saying, if not bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And this song I love, is... the, I love the passion, man. It's so good. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I'm rambling, but... It's oh, always cool. cool when you go and see a band and you know the you know them and they're like locals and they're getting like bigger as well. It's always builds yeah. that excitement when you're like, oh, yeah, that, that's this person, that person, and you kind of just get around them for that as well. And then you pseudo become kind of semi friends with them as well. And they start to recognize you at shows oh, and then it just makes man, your I day. Used to, I used <laughs> to fucking flip out. Even the other day, 
um, Jim uh, works at Palace Cinemas and the guy from Oslo came in and he like asked about how the our band was going. Like, oh, and, man. and I, that fucking, it was like, it was like fucking Michael Jackson asked how it yeah. was. Like, <laughs> yeah. We can't overstate how much we love that band. Like we, we looked in their Spotify the other day and we saw that we were in their fans also like, and we fucking same thing. I like texted my girlfriend. I was like, check this shit out. And she's like, yeah, cool. But like, it's a band with 400 and yeah. something monthly listeners, like sick. Yeah. But I was like, no, you don't understand, man. Do you reckon they'll play more shows? No. I don't know. No, nah, I think they seem done. They played yeah. that one off show. Um, that was their first in years. In ages. It kind of seems like they put out the seven inch. They put out, maybe it was that first EP field EP then no longer mm-hmm. concerns me was a seven inch then days are so bright now EP and it feels like maybe the album was like they were like this is our last go at it it feels like that anyway well I saw them because I think that album came out and then they supported maybe Everything. Balancing Composure or yeah. something like that they, any one of those they, bands yeah yeah I think they did in, in this was like what 2017 years ago maybe yeah, yeah something like that yeah and I remember being with my friend who I used to work with and we were just like, this band fucking is tight, but no one really t- spoke about them too much in Melbourne. And then I yeah. think they supported Trophy Eyes maybe once mm-hmm. um, in Melbourne. And then I'd never heard of them again. And then until I saw it come up in this play, in this these five songs, I was like, fuck, that just triggered a whole yeah. lot of memories. And yeah, they were good life. Yeah. Uh, when I, when I, when I, I essentially fucking crashed their apartment hoping to move in with them. It was really uncool. <laughs> but when... <laughs> But when I when I went to check out the room, I remember walking in and I was like a kid and like on the walls were like the set list from when they supported American football and like La Dispute oh, and it was the coolest thing in the whole fucking world. Like any band from that scene that came here also was supporting them. Uh, so I don't know why they didn't click. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. But they should have, you know. Yeah, fuck. They should have. Did you have a band like that, Phil? Um, you know, I was thinking about it as it kind of came through. Uh, I don't think I had a band that I probably felt that kind of emotional connection to, like there was a local band until probably like Perspectives. I think I've, I definitely felt a bit of that for. I mean, that was probably when I was getting more into like melodic hardcore. Yeah. I feel like when I was like growing up, Perspectives were kind of that band for me. But at the time, like especially when I grew up, it was very much, you know, metalcore and things like that. Um, so I think I struggled to find that connection over until I was like a lot older. How old are you guys? I'm 28. I'm 36. Okay. <laughs> there you go. How old are you guys? 24 and 22. You're only 22. You're turning 23. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, because like, yeah, so what, what I was listening to growing up was like, I think the bands I listened to at my local were like Hand of Mercy uh, Dream on Dreamer, Sienna Skies, like all these kind of synth metalcore bands that, you know, I got the back end of my space. Um, was yeah, a bit right. like that. And then it wasn't until like 2010, 2011, when I was listening to bands like Defeater, like Touche, like things like that. That's when I started feeling that connection. And I think locally there wasn't a band I was really obsessed with until Perspectives because uh, they were kind of doing that the best at the time. And then Vices came a little bit later. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't, and then obviously now in my like older age, there are other bands that I love, but um, not like that. Not at that time in my life anyway, because it just wasn't the kind of music that. Yeah. What about you, Dave? 
Mine was uh, Kiss Chasey, so we've probably spoken about that a few times. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so I went to like primary school with a drummer and through, through high school as well. And then I got a job at like the local IGA in like the, there was like a Leonard's chicken shop. So they sold like fresh chicken. <laughs> And Daz, the singer, got a job there as well. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's that's the singer of Kiss Chasey. <laughs> Turned out he was like my best mate's cousin and we just hadn't spoken about it at the time. And I was like, took me like two weeks to ask him about music and stuff and he was pretty cool about it all. And then, yeah, it just kind of kicked off from there. They played at school and stuff like that and no the local all the time. But I was like, they're all constantly, constantly just kind of like following him, simping him, simping wasn't yeah. a, a term back then. <laughs> I can show my age there. But, um, yeah, it was just so cool just to see people you kind of know with like that six degrees of separation getting big and and, and doing well, Absolutely. playing good music. It's, it's weird because we're probably too young to have listened to Kiss Chasey. But a few years yeah. ago, that song, Opinion, Opinions Won't Keep You Warm at Night, came on yep. Triple M or something when I was like, ah. Oh. And That's I was like, fuck, this is cool. <laughs> this is so sick. And I think it maybe tickled like a little memory of being a young kid mm-hmm. and hearing it on the radio at the time. But we fucking love that song. We play it all the time. I have not heard anything else from them, I don't think. But Their early that, stuff that is that like really good. It's, it's a lot more punky. It's a lot, lot yeah, less sick. Emo, like mainstream yeah. radio yeah. style. But yeah. it's all really good. Hell yeah. Nice. Right, so let's talk about Phoebe Bridges. Last track. Woo! That's all you, Big Dog. Yeah, this was... Um, it's interesting because this obviously hasn't... Like, Phoebe Bridges hasn't instrumentally really inspired any of us. Like, I don't listen to drums on Phoebe Bridges' tracks and, um, you know, um, attempt to copy it anyway, like I did with old Blink-182 albums and stuff like that. Um, but, like, I think what Phoebe Bridges has done in terms of, like, transcending, like, genre and tr- transgending... Tra- <laughs> transgending. <laughs> transcending, like, just the base and gender and whatnot. You know, like, it's when someone if someone was to ask me about Phoebe Bridges and was like, Oh, what sort of genre is that? Sad. Because it's it's (laughs) sad. Exactly. And I think that's what, um, aside from like just being able to play shows and get paid to do music and that being part of my dream, I'd love to be able to like affect people the way that she does. I think that like Mm -hmm. seeing her live and seeing, you know, not just, Katie and Ash losing their shit, but like just being in a room full of people just losing their minds. I was over, too, like, oh yeah. yeah. And over not just like, you know, it's not like in like, I don't know why I said in sync as my first like boy band, but it wasn't because she's like some big viral hit, yeah, even though yeah, she is. Yeah. Like they were all there connecting with the songs. Yeah. Not with, you know, like the lights or her dance moves or whatever. Like it was just because. The songs are so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why I wanted to put this in here because, like, like we've said a couple of times, like, we want to be that. We want to be that. I think 
I think in terms of songwriting too, lyrically for me, she's pretty massive. And all the stuff she's done with like Conor Oberst as well. Like that's sort of the other side of what I love to do that we don't do as much now, at least with FBH. Like there's that one song, all of her songs have awesome lyrics, but Moon Song, do you guys know that one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, fuck, there's the bit, of, uh, I forget the lyric, but it's probably the most beautiful lyric I've ever heard. And it's like, so, fuck, one second. Um, yeah, the, the extended metaphor about the dying bird. So like mm. at the end where she goes, you are sick and you're married and you might be dying, but you're holding me like water in your hands. When you saw the dead little bird, you started crying, but you know the killer doesn't understand. And like just all the facts, it's like an extended metaphor, but then throughout the song as well, she goes like, I'm dreaming and you're singing at my birthday. I've never seen you smiling so big. Something like that. It's just so like, it's not, it's not poetic, but how do you sum up a feeling? Yeah. It's like trying to catch fucking water. Like everyone's Mm -hmm. felt what she's singing Mm -hmm. about and she puts it in a way that isn't, isn't overly complex it's just, it just hits you right in the fucking yeah. guts. And that's, yeah. This song specifically is also so, like, dynamically mm-hmm. something we would do, you know? Yeah. It's a it's very much a running joke in rehearsals and whatnot. We we love an extended outro. Yeah. We love oh, it. Should we do a first chorus quiet and then we should do the second chorus big? Yeah. That'd <laughs> be, yeah. But dynamically, you know, it starts with just her and her guitar and it, it builds and 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 then it finally, you know, releases and then the outro just gets crazier and crazier. Um, that's something we do all the time. That's just yeah. Pauper's Grave, isn't it? Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> this is fucked, actually, because this is the same shit Dave and I talk about. And I think, because I, I really love this album uh, and I love just closes or just the last song yeah. of the albums. I oh, feel yeah. like there's just something about that, right? And Dave and I talk about it all the time. Um and I was curious enough to had something to play into it because it's one thing I picked up was, you know, last song on the playlist. It's the last song on that record. It kind of builds that way and it kind of finishes in a, in, a, in a really like big way, even though it's not like a massive song, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's fucked that you guys said that. It's, um, <laughs> it's one of those things where like, that's where exactly the same as well. Um, that whole end of movie thing, the last song, the closer is yeah. always our favorite shit too. So one of the, kind of guiding principles of what we try to do most of the time is is we want every song we write to sound like it could close out our record. Yeah, like yeah. That, that's why it's so hard to pick closes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we've got twenty You guys blocks. are just validated exactly why I like you guys. <laughs> 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 yeah, like it's it's that it's that it's that sense of um like the credits rolling. I don't know, it's a very melodramatic thing. Um, but I think, I think it's probably at the risk of sounding egotistical, maybe my favorite thing about us as a band and why I like playing with everyone so much is because I think we all, to some extent, try to put something on the line there. Like it's, it's pretty easy to sort of write a song and then not stand by what you're singing about or sort of try to obfuscate it a bit. And it's another thing entirely to actually fucking put something on the line and have some skin in the game um, yeah. and try to get out what you're feeling. Um, and I think people can always hear when that's sort of inauthentic. I guess that's the cool thing about Phoebe Bridges mm-hmm. is that you can always sort of tell that she means every fucking word she sings 
and mm. she's feeling every emotion that she's putting across. Um, and I think people sort of innately understand that without um, analyzing it in that way. And I think that's, yeah. that's, and it's not just Phoebe Bridges, like other sort of India stuff like Frank Rabbit. Yeah. Um, love Bright Eyes, all that sort of stuff where they're just throwing caution to the wind and saying, fuck it, I'm just going to say what I feel. Yeah. Um, Are you going to the Bright Eyes show when they come out? I want to. Their Connor Oberst is, again, like fucking massive for me. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'll have the money. That's one thing. Um, if my boss is listening, I'm not going to pay rise. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, you fucking meld all those together and that's sort of what we're trying to do, I guess. Yeah. Um, hopefully it, it, it works at some point. I'm curious to know, Dave, did you, what do you, what are your thoughts on this song? I thought it was a really good song. I actually saved the album, so I haven't really delved into that. I'm not really onto the pop side of things as much as, as Phil and you guys, but, um, it definitely piqued my interest. I see like lots of people talking about her. I just haven't you, really given it the time. So I really need to. It's fucking awesome. All of her yeah. stuff is so awesome. She did a, a record with uh, Connor Oberst called Better Oblivion Community Center. Um, yes, yeah, I highly recommend just listening to fucking everything she's done. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've got a partner or anything, but you should probably try to get them to break up with you just before you listen. <laughs> I'll get divorced. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you can't live with me, Dave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll cry together. Exactly. That's it. Everyone's been there. Yeah. <laughs> um, fuck, well, they're, they're the tracks. They're, they're a pretty good, they're actually pretty crazy five tracks, and it feels yeah. like you guys have more you could talk about too, so oh, dude, we'll yeah. definitely have to have you back on to talk about them. Please. We'd always love to. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. Um, Is there anything you guys want to plug before uh, we... We'll let you guys go. Um, when does this come out? Uh, it's coming out next Tuesday. Ah, oh, so fuck, actually. We'll plug the show on Friday because I won't be there on Friday, but yeah, I'll, I'll plug that show on the socials. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we... Um, Canberra listeners? Yeah, anyone in Canberra, September 16th? Please, because I don't think anyone knows who the fuck we are in Canberra and Burnt Hawking's <laughs> got us to headline, which we didn't know. <laughs> So we were like, fuck yeah, we'll play a gig in Canberra. Let's go. They're going to put us up in a hotel. No, nice. oh, they actually put you up. Are they put you up? They sent us the assets. We didn't know. They sent us the assets and it had finding better health and right, right, right on the top. And we've gone, oh, oh fuck. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Canberrans, come out. Please. Please. When is it? September 16th. September, September 16th. Yeah. Uh, at one of the venues in Canberra. It's a tiny place, so just go to everyone until you find Yeah, just us. knock on doors. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we, we know two people in Canberra. One of them's not going to be there, but Tom, if you're listening, get to the show. Tom, please. <laughs> Tom, man, if you're listening. Oh, yes, I'm on my last leg here, please. <laughs> but yeah, September 16th, Shaking Hands in Canberra. Nice. Canberra. In Canberra, in the, Canberra, in the capital territory. Nice. Um, and then hopefully, I don't know, we might put out some yeah. more shit. We're, we're planning to record an EP, hopefully. So nice. whenever that comes out, uh, buy it. Yeah. Hopefully we'll do a physical release, which will be cool. That'd be really cool. Um, yeah, again, nice. it's the struggle of like the whole EP is like it's demoed out, it's ready to go. We've been playing these songs live for 
upwards of two years. Um, Sub Pop Records, Matador Records, Resist Records, Run For Cover Records, Collect Records, uh, Discord Records. Anyone, if you're listening, please. We'll fucking tag them all. Yeah. <laughs> Just even $1,000 would help. <laughs> Death Wish. Zegama Beach is a, that's a, you'd feel What's that? Any, anyone, 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 anyone. Arms length. If you're listening, take us on tour. Um, they need to come out so bad. Uh, if they come, I tell you what. If they come out and it's not us supporting them, I'm going to fucking murder <laughs> everyone in the Australian music industry. Like, <laughs> oh man, they're such a cool band. They're really cool. They're band. so cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the pop, as far as plugging goes, that's that's about that's it. That's really it. Yeah, we've got some stuff that's like not yet announced. Not yet announced. Big things in the pipeline. Yeah, big things. Huge coming, things man. coming. Big things coming. Big things coming. That's the best joke in the scene, I reckon. Big things coming. That's good shit. Um, well, sweet. Thanks heaps for coming on, fellas. Um, yeah, we'll keep plugging the hell out of you guys. Someone's got to yeah. do it. So we'll definitely do it. And uh, hopefully, yeah, if you're listening, I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise because uh, we talk about you guys every other episode. But yeah, get around them. Get to shows. Truly. Yeah, get Please. to shows. Yeah. Especially you, Sydney. Not, not just us. Everyone. 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 It'll change your life. You'll make no money, but you'll have a heap of fun. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for so, so much for having us. I yeah, guys. What you guys do is so important to you know Probably. the scene, and uh, I'm sure there's people who found out about our band through you guys and vice versa, and we're very grateful. Yeah, it's a it's a real like you, you just keep talking down on oh we just make a podcast, but without it's so important. It it literally takes people like you guys to to keep a scene going, and that's such a fucking important thing, especially in this day and age. So yeah. We can't very, thank very you guys great. enough for, for everything you've said and for having us on. And yeah. Cheers. <laughs> we really appreciate it. No, we appreciate it. it. We really appreciate yeah, it. We do, yeah. It's huge. It's awesome. And we, we love talking music with you guys and, and everyone. So yeah, it's just a pleasure to be to be here. Yeah, I feel like um yeah, we'll definitely have to have you boys back to talk about some more songs because uh yeah. I feel like there's a lot more to talk about. <laughs> yeah, anytime, man. We we we'll go yeah. for we'll do a marathon. You have us sit us down for 24 hours. We won't shut up. You'll have to get, kick us the fuck off. So yeah. Sounds good. Uh, Sweet. All right. All right. Thanks fellas. We'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks very much. Too easy. What a chat. How about that ride in? Oh, that was some ride. Uh, Thanks Harry and Josh for coming on again. Um, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm an even bigger fan now. I think (laughs) it's simp mode engaged. I'm glad because if there's anything that we're trying to do in this pod is to get other people to simp the bands that we love or just any bands really like we just love music right and yeah that was an awesome track some of those some of those songs are amazing and I think they just see music a bit like us Dave yeah obviously a lot more technical and probably (laughs) they're a lot smarter than we are but uh fuck that was just awesome and very validating to uh, I think why I like them so much so yeah very grand and wholesome as well. So, um, yeah, thank you everyone for listening so far. We've still got a track to go. So, uh, Phoebe, Phoebe Bridges will be coming up after this. And uh, don't forget to follow, subscribe, and leave a review and rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It helps the show a lot. 
And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at press.con.pod on both platforms. Uh, as you've heard me say week in, week out, uh, go give us a, a like, follow. Go and ask to join the Press Conference Society on Facebook. Uh, it's a good place for us to gauge in some convo, get some uh, early mail on some future episodes, and just a great place for you to give feedback, which we absolutely love. So, uh, yeah, if you have anything to say at all, good or bad, let us know. Um, and if you want to do it publicly in the group, Damn I'm it. here for that as well. <laughs> We've all got right. thick skin. Yeah. Um, well, let's load up the last track. I Know the End by Phoebe Bridges. Enjoy. See you next week. See ya. Somewhere in Germany, but I can't place it Man, I hate this part of Texas Close my eyes, fantasize Three clicks and I'm home When I get back, I'll lay around Then I'll get up and lay back down Romanticize a quiet life There's no place like my room You had to go I know, I know, I know Like a wave that crashed and melted on the shore Not even the burnouts are out here anymore And you had to go I know, I know, I know Out in the park we watched the sunset Talking on a rusty swing set After a while you went quiet And I got mean I'm always pushing you away from me But you come back with gravity And when I call you come home A bird in your teeth So I gotta go When the sirens sound, you'll hide under the floor But I'm not gonna go down with my hometown in a tornado I'm gonna chase it, I know, I know, I know I gotta go Lips, windows down, scream away.